Hello, and welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we are here to tell you frightening tales from the great beyond, or Earth. Just frightening tales. Mine's from Earth. Mine's from Earth, too. Mine's very from Earth. Mine's pretty from Earth. Okay. Yeah. All right. This tells people nothing. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yep. Week after week. We really appreciate it. We do. Um, Last week, we started something before we get to the monsters Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, that I thought was kind of a smart way to do things. Yeah, totally. Podcasts have a lot of stuff going on. There are social media accounts everywhere. It's, It's too crazy for us to try to... Throw all this yeah, information for, you, for at the us wall. to be like, follow us and write us a review and do this and do that. It's overkill, yeah. and mm-hmm. we know that. Yes, I'm also a podcast listener. Me there too. Are a lot I, of say, shows I listen to a ton of podcasts, and yeah. I don't always like leave reviews and stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's, there's just too much information flying around. Exactly. So instead, we're doing something a little more simple. Mm-hmm. Every week, we're going to pick one thing. Yeah. That uh, we would really like for you to consider doing. Yeah. This week, we want to draw attention to the fact that we have mm-hmm. a Patreon page. Right. Just for this show, mm-hmm. Guide to the Unknown. Yep. So if you go to Patreon in the app and look up Guide to the Unknown mm-hmm. or through a web browser, go to patreon.com slash gttupod. Yep. You can contribute back to the show. Yeah. Obviously, it costs money to to do this, to, mm-hmm. to maintain this equipment, to set aside the time to do this stuff. So if you're into the yeah. show, if you like it, uh, please consider uh, tossing us a couple of bucks a month yeah. or something it's like, like that. It's like giving us a tip. Yes. For something that you enjoy. Yeah. Like exactly. we're your scary story bartenders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. Oh, me too. Like the listeners belly up to the bar and they're like, yeah. tell me a real good one. Yeah. We're just like, well, I'll like... tell you the story of Spooky Joe. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, all right, that one was worth a fiver. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Flick 10 pieces at us, <laughs> 10 pieces of gold, <laughs> something. So that's Patreon. Yep. Download the app. Mm-hmm. Or patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just as a, a total, like, yeah. thank you for the show yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, if, we'd super, super appreciate it. Yes. So thank you. Yes, if yeah. you're into that kind of thing, yeah. we appreciate it. If you're into, you know, supporting things that you love. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Keep Please let us keep yeah. doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's jump into uh, you go first. to Monsterland. We're doing legendary yeah. creatures. Yes. We're getting back to the to the sort of monster lore yep. of Guide to the Unknown. Kristen, I'm going to tell you a little story mm-hmm. about um, – well, I always try to come up with like a clever way to segue into the topic. I'll just okay. tell you right away. Give it to it's me time straight. to talk about gremlins. <laughs> oh, my God. Gremlins. It's a little close to mine. I have heard that. There yeah. was a rumor that yours yeah. is close to mine and mine is close to yours. Yeah, that's good. Which is kind of interesting. Yes, that's good. Totally coincidental. Kristen yeah. and I try to keep this secret from each yeah. other as much as possible. I think we always do. Yeah. There was one time that I think we both knew what we were going to do. Oh. Out of nine episodes. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But so, Kristen, right off the top of your head. Yeah. And understanding that Gremlins the movie, I think, is what everybody's going to think of. Right. There's Gremlin lore. From, like, yeah, the real world of people that actually believe in gremlins. Yeah. What do you think you know about gremlins? I really don't know much about them at all. That they're little. Uh-huh. Um, that they're like... <laughs> 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 um, I really don't know. I think that they're little and they, they, they're fast. For some reason, that's in my head. Okay. Do you know they what move they around. want to do? No. Okay. Now, I haven't even seen Gremlins, the movie. I, you know, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Like, I know about it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I can visualize a gremlin. Yeah. I think they don't like water. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a thing from the movie. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So that's all I know. The the movie Gremlins are incredibly different from yeah. the like you know quote unquote real world. Yeah. Gremlins. Yeah. Um, and I'll even say right now, the reason why I picked Gremlins for this week is because it's snowy outside. We're entering the holiday season. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Uh-huh. It is? It is. Really? Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, so I felt like it was uh, sort of the proper time of year yeah. to talk about these mischievous little beasts. Cool. But once again, what people think Gremlins are in real life yeah. is drastically different. All right, sweet. From Gremlins in the movie. Cool, lay it on me. Uh, it's actually somewhat recent. Well, uh-huh. kind of, sort of, if you count 100 years ago as being recent. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's not like some of the monsters where it's like thousands of years of information. Right, right. They seem to primarily have started around World War One. Okay. The, the rumors about Gremlins. Yeah. And very specifically... Gremlins are believed to mess with aircrafts. Oh. Very specifically. Now, I would have guessed. So is that part of why Gremlins is a Christmas movie? They, do they mess with Santa's sled? <laughs> oh, first of all, it's a sleigh. <laughs> oh. Wait, what's the difference? I, I, mean, a, I just haven't really re- thought about it before. A sled is a children's toy. A sleigh, you've got to be a pro. Aerodynamics. Is a sleigh a real thing? I think a sleigh is a real thing. Okay. I mean, I think that, like, you know, you're not going to find people just riding around in sleighs all the time. Yeah. I think it's a real thing that's, like, real outdated. Okay. Yeah. Sleighs and sleds are this, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're ba- yeah, they're basically the same. The same? Okay. I, <laughs> I was just genuinely uh, not confused. Well, confused, but curious. Yeah. Curious. Yeah. Well, you want to learn. I want Tom here to learn. Okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so- As is everybody else about sleds and sleighs. Yeah. So I just I'm speaking for the audience. So it seems I, I would have said to you, yeah. What I knew about Gremlins is that they mess with mechanics, machinery, electronics. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were somehow mischief makers that would destroy stuff, but I thought it was like destroying, and like they would mess with your TV, they yeah. mess with your toaster, uh huh. And you know, an oh, airplane sucks. is obviously mechanical and yeah. electronic. They so mess big, with that too. That's a big get for a Gremlin. Then. But this is like literally, it is airplanes what they're known for yeah. messing with. So. There are stories about gremlins having been blamed for, uh, uh, you know, faults in the airplanes. Literally, like, landing gear won't go down. I bet a gremlin did it. Oh. But it really cranked up uh-huh. in World War II. Okay. WW2 yeah. accounts for a lot of gremlin lore. That's so weird. How strange That's is that? That's such a recent thing. Yes. Essentially, aviators uh, – there, there are two schools of thought. Okay. One, some people blame uh, gremlin sightings because there are people that would go like, no, I saw a gremlin. Yeah. I yeah. saw a gremlin do something. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a crewman who gave testimony – testimony – that he literally saw a gremlin mess up a plane saying that he found – this is now a quote. He found, quote, a parted cable – which bore obvious tooth marks in spite of the fact that the break occurred in a most inaccessible part of the plane. What do they say gremlins look like? They think that gremlins are really small, short, uh, and some of the depictions I've seen, blue humanoid uh-huh. creatures. Okay. They don't look like the big bad ears gremlins. Yeah. They look like little pixies or yeah. something. Huh. Um, then he heard, quote, a gruff voice demand, how many times must you be told to obey orders and not tackle jobs you aren't qualified for? This is how it should be done. And then the crewman heard a musical twang and another cable was parted. What? Yeah, so he 
testified yeah. that this is something he experienced. He heard this. So I guess gremlins are teeny, but they're like, Danny DeVito, this is how you bite through an airplane. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Why Why was he testifying in the first place? What was going on? I don't know that much. Okay. I don't know that much. Yeah, yeah, But so people are saying maybe stuff like that is you can attribute it to stress of combat. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, hallucinating due yeah. to, to uh, exhaustion yeah. from traveling at dizzying heights. Um, but there are also it, – it seems like gremlins were just sort of a uh, a metaphor uh-huh. for something went wrong. Right, that right. Most likely a lot of these crewmen, oh, a lot of these I've pilots – I kind of heard stuff like, like, oh, gremlins must have gotten in there and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, there's some theory that, you know, uh, if we're in the same troop uh-huh. – I don't know what airplane people do. Yeah, I don't know. In the same airplane flock. A- airplane club? Air club. Gang? Yeah. Gang club. Yeah. If they're all working together, like shoulder to shoulder, trying to get this done, we've got to get these birds in the air. We got to go into combat and stuff. Uh huh. If something goes wrong, it's way easier and more friendly to be like, it's okay, man. I think a gremlin got it. Than to be yeah. like, I think you screwed it up, Dan. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to wring your neck. <laughs> They'd just be like, I think it was a gremlin. So it was almost a way to smooth over yeah, any of the cracks. Yeah, tension. Yeah. Interesting. Which I find that very interesting. Yeah. I, I like that. But then they keep up this kind of charade that, that gremlins are real? Well, but I, you know, I don't it's... know that, you know, there, again, like, there are people that seem to think that gremlins are literally real. But I, right. would, I would argue that the vast majority, and I've done no research on this. Sure. That the vast majority of people are like, gremlins aren't real. This is just a way to not like yeah. have us argue with each other. Mistakes are going to happen. So then both parties in that understand that this is just a turn of phrase. Is yeah, what I, saying? Okay. I think yeah. so. Yeah, uh, based gotcha. on nothing, I think so. Because I can't yeah. imagine that 100% of our World <laughs> War on, II heroes are like, board? Yeah. we all believe in gremlins. <laughs> I seen them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, nothing is ever anybody's fault. Yeah. yeah. There was also a sort of belief that gremlins had Nazi sympathies, uh-huh. and that's why they were schooling with, like, the Allied Forces planes. Yeah. But then they found out that Nazis were also having similar issues with their planes. Oh, my God. So they are like, all right, so maybe they're just, like, some, so the- like, rogue third group that's, you know, neutral <laughs> the, on this, but Kremlin's hates us. are neutral. Hates us all. Yeah. Yeah. I found uh, on the <laughs> Wikipedia for Gremlin. Yeah. Look up, not the plural, look up Gremlin, uh-huh. not Gremlins to see this. Yeah. I found out that there were sort of like warning signs, mm-hmm. safety signs that would be hung up oh about God. Gremlins trying to hurt you. So there's a poster here. Gremlins, awesome. Gremlins think it's fun to hurt you. Use care always. Back up our battle skies. It's amazing. Amazing. Chaotic neutral. Yeah. yeah. So people believe that they were both anti-allies yeah. and anti-Nazis. That's amazing. Um, there's another poster here. Gremlins are floor greasers. Watch your step. <laughs> yes. And it's got these little gremlins pushing over a can of oil. Oh or, 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 <laughs> Earl. I was trying to say yeah. it like um, Amy Sedaris. Earl. <laughs> Earl. Uh, back up our battle skies. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So you can see their little like pixie white kind of ghosty humanoid. They look like the Rice Krispies. Oh my God. You're right. They do kind of. They look like the Rice Krispies. The guys. The Rice Krispies. Yeah. That band, the Rice Krispies. <laughs> Snurp, who... Crunkle. Perp. Perp. <laughs> Knock off yeah. Rice Krispie boys. And there are so few like creatures of folklore that are born of 
such a late time. Mystery. Like, I know. Yeah. It's very recent. Yeah. To just be like, this is a new idea right. that just has been maintained to this day. Yeah, because usually it's born of people, well, I guess this could partially, in a way, be it. Yeah. Like, maybe not understanding how the world works in a literal way, so then they come up with kind of, like, explanations for it that are fantastical. Yeah. This is, you know, close to our modern world. It was the 40s. I know. And yet, Gremlins pop up somehow well this even got me thinking because mm-hmm. this in retrospect feels kind of like whenever a new horror movie tries to be like there's a ghost that lives on the internet uh-huh and you're, you immediately reject and you're like this is lame shut yeah. up yeah uh but like that's basically what this is there, yeah. were, there were new machines around and we're like all right they never existed before but the gremlins hate aeroplanes yeah and we all accept it right so maybe it's just nobody's come up with the proper way to do like you know, little monsters in the internet. Yet. I guess. It's the same exact thing. To be it, like, the world is becoming more advanced. Yeah. Here's a monster that's dealt, that deals specifically, well, almost the, exclusively with that new technology. It's not really in that way it is, but like, it seems like gremlins were almost some sort of excuse for technology failure. When they're saying there's a ghost in the computer, it's not explaining why the computer glitches. I it's guess, just kind yeah. of like a way to integrate ghost stories into a very now storyline. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. You're right. I guess, but you could still use gremlins too, I think, today. Yeah. Like, Someone deleted my email, Dolores. I think it was a gremlin, yeah. not my layabout, no good son. <laughs> if he's such a layabout, why is he going in? Peace, trying go- to keep the peace. <laughs> going in and deleting email. Because he bought a movie on his dad's Amazon account. Oh, yeah, he doesn't want to know. Yeah, yeah. I can make up anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, da. Let's go straight to pop culture. Okay. There's not a ton of information yeah. about Gremlins. Not a ton of information about mine either, honestly. So well, let's keep it light and breezy. Yeah. So Roald Dahl, yeah. who apparently fought in World War II, yeah, uh-huh. was very familiar with Gremlin lore. Interesting. Which is a term that I... Gremlore? Like, like Gremlore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a book, his first children's novel, uh-huh. his first, yeah. was called The Gremlins. Oh, and I he, don't know about that. He fleshed out the world of Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gremlins live in fighter planes, uh-huh. according to him. Their wives are called Fifinellas. Uh-huh. Their sons, literally male children, yeah. are called widgets. Ooh, like that. Female children are called Fliberty Gibbets. Okay. Now, I said this uh, to my beautiful wife, Allie, who uh-huh. then goes, that's also from Sound of Music. Yes, it is. When yeah. they call Maria a Will-O-The-Wisp? <laughs> yep. Half a second earlier, they're yes. calling her a Fliberty Gibbet. Yes, totally. So then I Googled the definition of Fliberty Gibbet. Yeah. And it, do you know what it means? It's kind of like a flighty, like, you don't know what you're doing person. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like an airheady, yeah. excessively yeah, talkative woman. Yeah. It's kind of a misogynistic kind of term. Well, it's always kind of misogynist. Yeah. Yeah. So all female children mm-hmm. are Fliberty Gibbets. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And only the, the boys grow up to be gremlins? Weird. You know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Is there some honor in wrecking the machinery? Probably. Like I don't know. It's just job? like aggression. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So the plot, loosely, teeny, uh-huh. teeny tiny. Uh-huh. Gus, a pilot. Uh-huh. Uh, his the airplane is destroyed by gremlins. They have to parachute <laughs> like out of the sky. His plane's like yeah. ripped apart by gremlins in midair. So he's like. And then it's just his seat in the sky. And they plummet to the ground. He convinces the gremlins. That they should all join forces against a common enemy. Uh huh. Hitler. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well. 
not so uh, chaotic, whatever alley, chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Anymore. And then the gremlins are trained by the Royal Air Force to <laughs> what? To repair rather than destroy. This is a kid's book? Yeah. Boy. Uh, so it's almost like Monsters, Inc., where they scare children to get their screams to power their machinery. And at the end, they're like, laughter is much more powerful than screams. Let's make them giggle. That's what this happens in Monsters, same... Inc.? I don't remember Monsters, Inc. at all. Oh, yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Huh, that's nice. Yeah. So they're, this is the same thing. They're torturing children to screaming in Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. And then is that they what the bottle monsters their are for? screams to fuel their cities. It's Good. their power source. Good God. They're... Is that what the monsters do? They scare children to get their screams? Yes. I mean, I've seen that before. I just don't remember. That's Mike what... Wazowski and Sully go to the factory every yeah. day. They're like blue-collar workers. Uh-huh. Uh, they're in the scare department. They travel into the human world through the closet to scare children oh my god to bottle their screams that's such, as an energy that's such source. a good story it's great it's a great movie <laughs> that's awesome and then at the end they realize like oh wait their laughter is even more powerful so they start to make them laugh that's great i love that <laughs> they stole it from this i think is these Apparently. gremlins wreaking havoc yeah and then we're like you know what there's a better way to 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 live your life fun fix don't don't, don't destroy. Fix That's things. Cute. Yeah. So then I guess the little gremlins are working with the uh, the allied forces. That sounds like a good story. To take down those even damn though, dirty Nazis. Yeah, even <laughs> even with the Nazi element, it yeah. sounds like a nice children's story. I know. It's interesting. Uh, Disney almost made a cartoon. They were uh-huh. like working on it for a long time. Yeah. Obviously never did. Yeah. Uh, maybe in an alternate reality it got made. Uh-huh. And then later on, Roald Dahl returned to the subject matter of gremlins. Uh-huh. He wrote an adult novel uh-huh. called Sometime Never, A Fable for Supermen. Oh. All right. Okay. Bear with me. I'm going to read you the, the plot plot of this. I read one adult, because I really love Roald Dahl's writing. Yeah. I read um, a short story compilation for adults um, of his stuff, and it was really unpleasant. Really? <laughs> it was good, but like depressing or boy? like very dark boy. Oh. Yeah. 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 I don't remember. I used to know more about his personal life. I feel like he was he was a dark boy. He was a real hombre de la noche. <laughs> I think so. I don't I don't know if he was that solid a dude. I don't remember though. <laughs> I know he had an amazing like quaint writing cottage. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that before? No. Oh my god, it's so cool. Huh. Yeah. All right, uh, anyway. So this is the plot for Sometime Never. Okay. A fable for Superman. Um in nineteen forty three, a Royal Air Force pilot uh named I copied and pasted this, okay. so I hope this is right. Named Peter Nip? That's, I mean, it seems uh, it's like... It's probably safer to assume his name is Peter, right? <laughs> it could be Peter Nip. I it don't know. It's weird. Peter Nip. <laughs> I copied and pasted it. I don't know. Discovers a gremlin drilling holes on the wing of his aircraft. So he sets off with his squadron to unearth the story behind them. Many years ago, it turns out, gremlins were the rulers of the world. Oh, wow. But they were forced underground by the spread of humanity and have spent the time since then planning their revenge. They briefly emerged during the Battle of Britain, but the experience makes them decide that humankind would destroy themselves without their intervention. Mm. The gremlins wait until the time is right. After World War III. Oh. And World War IV. When, when is that? <laughs> Yet to come. Yeah. 
Uh, time, it still hasn't been proven whether or not Roald Dahl was predicting the future. Yeah, right. Like, what? <laughs> After World how War IV. How prescient is this story? Like, when does World War III happen? I know. Maybe people will study this book after yeah. World War IV. I could use the gremlins right about now. Yeah. Uh, after World War III and World War IV decimate the Earth, they emerge and take over the world. Wow. The story ends with the gremlins, unable to exist in a world without humans, uh-huh. disappearing too. Finally, only the worms remain. Ew. So everyone dies. It's God. all for... What so, is this book called again? Sometime Never, A Fable for Supermen. A fable for Superman. It's sort of a bleak, I think, yeah. idea about like we think we're so powerful, but one day we to too say, will be like, gone. Is it some sort of what the a fable for Superman is like? Is it some sort of indictment of like aggressive, like thinking you've got it all? This it all leads to the end, yeah, or maybe. something, yeah. or like you know, worms. If worms rule the world, yeah, are they accomplishing as much as we are by ruling the world right now? Right. Like, is it all really like one big game that adds up to nothing? Right. It's right. worth nothing. Yeah. Even the worms will do this someday when we're gone. Boy, yeah. sounds like a real uplifting read. Thanks a lot, Roll Doll. Yeah. For this. <laughs> Give me chilling beach James read. James and the giant peach any day. Yeah, I'll take about out of that big old peach. <laughs> yeah. Hey, James. Or Matilda. <laughs> Where you been getting them peaches? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read James and the giant peach? No. I watched <laughs> because... part of the movie and did not like it. Because <laughs> it's not that James is just getting peaches. I thought he was just a, a nice boy who found a delicious fruit stand. Hey, James, where are you getting those peaches? Where are you getting them peaches, James? He's flying around on a peach in the sky. James, my well, I wrote a fan sequel, even though I didn't read the book. It's called yeah. James and Another Peach. And his peaches. James and Another <laughs> Big Peach. Sounds great. The other one was giant. This one's just kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> just a really good peach. It's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, the Twilight Zone uh-huh. very famously had an episode where Captain Kirk, William Shatner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. William Shatner is in an aeroplane. Yeah. Peeking out the window and he sees a monster on the wing. He's like, yeah. there's a monster on the wing. <laughs> and nobody believes him. You just him. sound like Magister Blackwell. How do you sound like uh, William Shakespeare? I can't do it. Shatner. Shatner. <laughs> He's like, huh, 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 huh. There's a monster on the wing. Yeah, maybe that's better. Whatever. Okay. Uh, and then that was da- done in the movie. Yeah. This time with Third Rock from The Sun's Dad. Um, What's his name? John Lithgow? John Lithgow. Okay, yeah. Plays the same role, seeing that gremlin ripping apart the plane. Yeah. And I didn't realize this. Spoiler alert for this really, really old story. Uh-huh. It's kind of cool. So pe- he's peeking out the window, seeing this monster rip apart the plane, this giant gremlin this yeah. time. Yeah. And nobody believes him. Yeah. And he, he's eventually, like, taken off the plane as, like, a loony who's, who's like, you know, disrupting the, the plane ride for everybody and yeah. stuff. Uh, but the way the story ends is that when the plane lands and they drag him out of there in cuffs, they're uh-huh. going to realize that he was right. Because they'll be able to look at the wing and see signs uh, that something was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's too late. They don't know what it was. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That is sweet. That's a cool way for that to end. Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> Gremlins frequently showed up in Looney Tunes. They were just kind of little mischievous cartoon characters. I don't remember. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh-huh. Had an episode where every time somebody takes a picture with a certain camera, uh-huh. there's oh. a little picture of a gremlin in the corner and something goes kaflooey. Oh, I kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah. There's an episode of, it's either Studio Rejects or Will and Bobby Know Everything, one of the uh, the the other podcasts, mm-hmm. where uh, Bobby and I reviewed three episodes that told the same story about an evil camera. 
So, oh, well, maybe that's why I remember. Because all I remember is the camera. I don't remember the gremlin thing in particular. Oh, really? Do you mean all on all? Are you afraid of the dark? Or no. Ge- oh, was, okay, okay. There was an evil camera epi- yeah. uh, thing from Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Every time you take a picture with this camera, something goes wrong and it tells the future. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there was a Goosebumps episode with an evil camera mm-hmm. and an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode with an evil camera. I love an ev- evil camera. Yeah, so that's we did story. sort of like a smorgasbord of reviewing how they all handle basically the same story in yeah. their own unique way. Cool. I was. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Yeah. That was Bob's idea. Yeah. I wish we could have done found other things like that. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Two, two last things. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> put your kids to bed. And if you are a kid. <laughs> X-rated? Fall asleep now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Playboy magazine. Ooh. I warned you. <laughs> um, evidently to this day uh-huh. features gremlins in their magazine. Really? Not just any old gremlins. Sexy ones? Femlins. Oh my god! They are teeny tiny nude pixie ladies. Okay, what do, what do you mean? There's they're, a lot of they're they every month. A lot of statuettes of them too. Every month they're femlins. I don't know if it's literally every month. Uh huh. I've never uh, like read, where do they appear? Boy, uh, I I think that <laughs> like, I, I are they know. in the corner of a of a of a centerfold being like <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't I don't have an answer for you what I do just they know that you can like? look up femlins they look like little nude ladies. But they're not very like defined. They look like they look like mannequins. Well, of. what about them as gremlin like? They're small. It kind of harkens back to the WW2 idea of gremlins where it's just kind of like little people. Yeah. So it's that. <laughs> Weird. A very strange thing to just be like you know, you don't have a sense of scale. They may as well just be like little nude ladies. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't have to point out that they're like Femme- mythical creatures. That's really strange. It's really weird. It's yeah. also weird to just be like this is a sexy version of that monster. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's been crying out for a sexy gremlin? I know it's strange. Is that what you're crying for? Yeah, crumbs. You want a gremlin? You want a gremlin? Come I can get you a gremlin. Uh, and then the last thing, yeah. obviously, is the Gremlin movies. Yes, the very very famous Gremlin movies. Yep. Uh, Steven Spielberg. They're by Steven Spielberg? They are. Huh. And uh, they are said to be based on the lore of Gremlins, but they follow completely different rules. Yeah. The only thing that seems to remain is that they do – they are sabotaging stuff. Okay. Which, yeah, I do yeah. I do get the vibe that they're up to no good. Right. But lovable. Yes. Yeah. But like to do all that – And there's that, that sexy lipstick one. Yeah. I think <laughs> that's in the second one, Gremlins the New Batch. Oh, okay. Where it turns out that their uh, biology is unstable, so you can splice in other DNA. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden you have gremlins that are electric. You have gremlins that are spiders. You have gremlins that oh, are – Oh, man. That sounds like trouble. It's it's bizarre. <laughs> gremlins the New Batch is like a madcap comedy. Uh-huh. Gremlins 1 is supposed to be sort of like like dark, darkly comedic. I kind of, even though they have nothing to do with each other, I get. I think that they're from around the same time-ish. I link Gremlins and Cocoon in my mind a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I think I may be wrong about this. I believe Gremlins and Ghostbusters came out on the same day. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's like a blockbuster weekend. That sounds kind of right. Yeah. So Gremlins, the movie, they invent the concept of Mogwise, mm-hmm. which is where we get Gizmo, yeah. that little guy. They who, invent that totally? Yeah. Doesn't exist in any other prior Gremlin you know, oh, I kind of thought that, that was not maybe not even having to do with gremlins, but I thought that Mogwai was some sort of thing. No, uh, maybe that's a story for another day, but to my knowledge, no, no. you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, and so you can't feed them after midnight. You can't get them wet. Yes. And they quickly find out what happens if you do those things. They multiply or something. He creates 
gremlins. Okay. The gremlins that we are all familiar with. with yeah. The sort of reptilian mm-hmm. skin, the big bat ears, the yeah. disgusting expressive humanoid faces. <laughs> yeah, they are gross. Yeah, they're, they're very gross. <laughs> yeah. Gremlins I've seen a million times as a, as a kid. Yeah. As like, man, probably not past the age of 12, really. I wonder where I was. Um, and always interesting, like yeah. from a, like just like fascinated by it. Cause it must've been, it was just like, they have puppets hanging all over the place. It's yeah. just, it's just, their movies are insane, uh-huh. but also they're disgusting. Yeah. They have like eggs that pulsate and Ew. they like, the puppets are obviously made out of some sort of like rubber material uh-huh. and frequently they're soaking wet and Ew. dripping with goo. It's gross. They're just gross. Yeah. Um, frankly, I want to rewatch them. <laughs> now I'm in a really gremlin Well, now you're in a mood. gremlin mood, yeah. I am. Uh, and then, yeah, Gremlins, the new batch, they kind of dropped the horror angle at all and just uh-huh. went big and insane with it. Yeah, yeah. And so there are like, there's like hundreds of Gremlins all over that movie. Yeah. Cackling and laughing and turning each other into other kinds of monsters. Yeah. Which I thought was fascinating. Uh, the idea that <laughs> fascinating it's Fascinating like, character study. Well, because they're already weird little monsters, yeah. but then like they're in this laboratory and so they're seeing like DNA for leopards uh-huh. and, and spider DNA and injecting it into each other to turn themselves into different kinds of mon- it's like totally that's insane it's like complete anarchy insanity yeah. they're kind of self-destructive why, in a weird why way why do they have access to this because the second movie just wants to do whatever it wants to do it takes place in one skyscraper that is a big movie studio uh-huh. and has its own lab oh in there God. for some reason yeah i couldn't tell you and so gremlins can read I guess yeah. I guess gremlins are in there. There does you get Smarty Gremlin or some I don't know their names, but oh, he man. he becomes very sort of like posh. Oh, that sounds good. Knows how to read, and he thinks that they're all insane. That sounds great. And if I remember it correctly, I think he is like, but I do want to devour your skin, old boy. Oh my god! <laughs> like I think he does say like you know monster stuff too. I kind of want to see that just in that voice. Yeah, I, yeah. I really want to rewatch them all of a sudden. <laughs> um, and people have been trying to get a third movie made forever. Uh-huh. Seems like it's not happening. Yeah. They threw Gremlins into Lego Batman, though. They're like... Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. They're all over the place in Lego Batman. Gremlins must be some sort of weird people, blank spot for me. People love Gremlins. They love them. It's a beloved friend. It's like That's a so cult, strange that you like watched franchise. that all the time when you were a kid. I never saw it. Yeah. And that I don't remember them in Lego Batman. I don't know. Maybe you huh. your memory erased. Maybe. Maybe um, they got eternal sunshine out of my life. But also very coincidentally, uh, just in the past week, uh-huh. uh, a fan film, a short fan film was put online. If everybody Googles this, look this up on, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but Google it. Yeah. It's called Gremlins Recall. Huh. And this popped up all over my dork feed. Yeah. Because I follow a, a ton of movie blogs, nerd blogs. Yeah. Everyone was talking about it. Um, it's independent filmmakers. They made a short film about uh-huh. gremlins taking over sort of a small diner. Uh-huh. And the thing about it that's pretty remarkable is that they used actual, like, puppetry. They didn't. Wow. They didn't just, like, CGI them or anything. It looks very professional. And I'd have to imagine that these filmmakers are going to get all other work that's off cool. of producing something of this quality. Good for them. That's it's awesome. very impressive. That's awesome. Uh, so that's gremlins recall. Look yeah. it up. And that is the story of the gremlin, the gremlin. So if you're flying your planes, be careful. Yeah. Just look out for little blue guys. Yeah. Just try to take care of yourselves up there. <laughs> Will you, would you please children? You can all wake up now. I should have said or can that. They? I should have said that earlier. Actually, it is the perfect time for children to wake up. Children, wake up now. I'm going to tell my story in an interesting way. You know how in movies 
where sometimes there's an opening scene and something happens and you're like, what does that even mean? Yeah. And then they're like, bam, one week earlier. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, William. I'm going to tell you a little, and it's usually like the exciting thing, and then we'll get back to the exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, William. Um, Have you, wait, wait, hang on, let me pause this. Hang on, stop. Stop the show. Stop the show. (laughs) Wait, what's the best way to do this? I want to show you something. Oh, okay. And I want to ask you what, based on this, what you think my... My topic is. I love it. Okay. I, I, I'm very excited. It's in another language, which is why, you know, it won't be immediately apparent. Okay. So maybe just describe what you're seeing on sure. the, the screen for the people at home and, and then give a guess. This will be we like won't a, watch the entire thing. It's six minutes long, but. This will be like a teeny test for doing a commentary track. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is this? <laughs> salmon? Is it a man singing about salmon? All right. Hold on. <laughs> What was that? Right. We're going we're to play Starting it, and over. William's going to guess what my topic is. All right. Plop. All right, it's a little house and a little sort of elf man dancing out. Wow. Chris, I can't describe this fast enough. It yeah, looks like little fast. sort of like Christmas elf people yelling at each other. <laughs> it's almost like a sitcom beginning showing different characters. Yeah. Now it feels like Seven Dwarves, where they're all sort of like different characters. Yeah. All right. It's like a family of weird, beardy. They look like the Seven Dwarves. It's a show called Plop. Look. Kristen, I'm going to die. Oh, there's like a sleepy old grandpa dwarf man wearing what looks like a shirt on his head. Yeah. With a heart on it. He has like a big beard. He looks like a cartoon sleepy grandpa in bed. Yes. Okay. All right, William. And it's from a show called Plop. It's Well, the show is called Kabooter Plop. I I maybe it got popular enough they shortened it to Plop sometimes. Oh. William, a kabooter is a Dutch word for a gnome. <laughs> My topic is uh. gnomes, and we'll get back to Gabooter Plop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Now, Gabooter Plop. Now, to come back around. Gnomes. Gnomes. That is very similar to gremlins. That's yeah. weird. I know. Totally coincidental. It's, I'm put, I don't know what's going on with the coincidences. I was just telling William. Synchronicity is all over the place. My husband and I both had dreams about Worcestershire sauce <laughs> but, on Sunday night. It was meant to be, clearly. I'm, yeah. I'm putting out some strong vibes that everybody else is picking up on. Head up that Patreon because we got to make sure this experiment keeps going. Who knows what depths of the cultural you know, shared subconscious we're uh, tapping into here. Seriously, because we're, we're in the flow, guys. We need to stay there. Crushing so, it. So tip us some dollars. This is officially now the best show any of you have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know i'm about to ruin that this is the greatest show anyone's ever made tell people that yes write please. blog posts make a documentary about us go like do you know about kabooter plop you probably didn't until just now Kristen already just she just changed my life <laughs> <laughs> okay so gnomes basically started in the 1600s <laughs> Why you laugh? Ah, two reasons. One, it's funny to say gnomes started in the 1600s. That's just a funny sentence. It's not your fault. <laughs> two, 
I remembered that on Book Club Schmook Club, our old podcast, you told a story about how you had a toy of David the Gnome's wife. Yep. And how you... you... Well, I had David the Gnome, too. Okay. They well, lived you together. Also had her. Yeah. And her arms were sort of spread. Yeah, in an inviting manner. And so you were able to take a combo. It fit perfectly. Like those little pretzel treats that have like garbage pizza filling in them so good and put it in her arm so it would be like she's holding it but you did it because you liked it you thought it looked like she was holding a loaf of bread that's right <laughs> so you did it as some sort of like playing for her that it now looks like she's made a loaf of bread for you yeah did you Not make for her... me it was for david are you <laughs> it's for david <laughs> well, it, was for... Well, it was for david did you ever eat the combo and be like thank you <laughs> i don't know <laughs> thank you for providing this loaf of bread for me i can just about guarantee you it tastes like rock and pepperoni pizza (laughs) i definitely ate the combo i don't i don't know if i show david the gnome's wife the proper reverence no i feel bad i don't even know david the gnome's wife's name is huh i don't know yeah well who knows Um, that is a good combo though (laughs) david the gnome and pizza (laughs) (laughs) totally the best afternoon ever great combo (laughs) (laughs) so gnomes um, were mentioned, it seems, first by an alchemist named Paracelsus or Paracelsus in the 16th century. Wow. And he said that they were an earth elemental. Oh. Yeah. So an elemental is something that kind of encompasses one of the elements. So it's like a spirit that's like all about that thing. So the gnomes were the earth elementals. So they kind of controlled like rocks and minerals and natural stuff. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's okay. super cool. They're related to a lot of different things. They're kind of like there's overlap between like gnomes and leprechauns, goblins, um okay. like little guys kind yeah. of. And so the way they connect to leprechauns is that um sometimes it's said that they're protecting treasures in the ground. So it could be gold, it could just be like beautiful rocks and mir- minerals and things like that, but that's their domain. And gnomes can walk through the earth underground the same way that we can walk through just the air. That's I love that. That's really cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So that's just their domain. So that's almost like they could walk upside down in there. They could they're just able to move through the dirt. I guess easily. so. I think about that specifically, but just like the way that we walk through air, they walk through earth. It that's doesn't so it doesn't matter. Weird. You know cool. what I mean? It's just like that's what they breathe, so to speak, or yeah. whatever. Like, it's just their habitat. It's their world. Yeah. Um, and so, depending on the different, you know, um, cultural background or whatever, they're either nice or they're mean. They're mostly nice, okay. um, I will say. Like, they want to help humans and things like that, um, help with gardening, help plants and things like that grow. Okay, yeah. Which is kind of where the garden gnome came from. Um, It started in Germany, a guy made them, and it was initially supposed to be kind of like a reminder of the idea that gnomes are helping you and helping plants grow. So you put that in your garden. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. But also... It feels so obvious in a weird way, but it's also like, oh, there's a reason. Yeah, totally. It just felt like, like, why do you put flamingos in your yard? I don't know, because it's decorative. Right. Uh, There's a reason. Yeah. They want you to, like, to, to grow nice cabbages. Yeah. To cultivate the planet. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And they're helping them grow. Yeah. Cool. So you want that in your garden. I'll fertilize your garden. (laughs) So yeah, they're, they're usually like six to 12 inches. Yeah. Um... They are super duper strong. They have like superhuman strength. They're extremely fast. Oh, <laughs> I know. That's a little alarming. Kind of rang a bell. Um, I'd read that um, there are two ways that they could turn to stone. 
Okay. Which is part of what I wonder about whether that was the idea for the Garden Gnome because it's part of their lore that they turn to stone either if they're out in the world and the sun hits them. Oh. That makes them turn to stone. Okay. Or if a human sees them. Weird. So, yeah. Okay. Um. And what other gnomey things? I wish I that kind of rings a bell. That was Me there too. something like that in David the Gnome? I was wondering the same thing. Turning to stone. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. It kind of rings a bell to me too. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder I if the statue aspect of it is being like, no, these gnomes were frozen in my yard. Yeah, totally. I killed them by looking at them. Yeah. That's also weird because that feels like it's magic that's about them. Mm-hmm. But that almost sounds like what we think of Medusa that she has. Like yeah. that her eyes will turn you to stone. But maybe it's not that. Maybe it's something about our physiology right. that we're turned to stone if a creature like her looks yeah. our way. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Because yeah. maybe gnomes would say about people yeah. that they are that they have like evil vision. Yeah. But that's not, that doesn't feel true yeah, for like us. Yeah, like we didn't do it. It's kind of passive. It's just something within them that makes that happen to them. So maybe yeah. it's like we have some gene yeah. that when Medusa looks at us, it gets activated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It, you know, it brings to, to mind the idea that sometimes we can behave monstrously without being consciously aware of it. God. Just be good to each other. <laughs> Will you? Um, the way gnomes look is they're very little, like I said. Mm-hmm. They're known to wear solid, kind of like primary color clothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> male gnomes have a like a white beard. Okay. Lady gnomes, um, when they get to a certain age, if I remember correctly, their hair grows super long, like down to their feet. Oh. So they braid it. What age is that? I don't remember. I had it written down. Um, weird. And their hats have a significance in color. That I think is very fun. The pointy hats. Yes. That's what I think so of like a gnome wear, as being. Yeah, a gnomes wear a little pointy hat. Like a dunce cap. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah but I think cloth. Okay. I think it's got some give to it. A dunce cap's a little stiff. Okay. Um, so at birth, baby gnomelings are fitted with a special yellow hat that they wear and annually have resized until they come of age. A gnome's coming of age is generally around 40 years old when a male sprouts a full-grown beard overnight and a female gnome suddenly grows her hair all the way down to her ankles. So it's 40. I do have it. Weird. Um, at this time, the gnome must choose the hat that they will wear daily for the rest of their lives and remove only to bathe. The gnome hat is much more significant than a mere item of clothing. The hat is thought to be a reflection of the gnome's being and personality. Gnomish scholars have compiled incredibly detailed tomes, enumerating upon the significance of each color, hue, tint, tone, shade, and corresponding meaning. For instance, a brick red hat is thought to be worn by gnomes who value tradition and honor above all else. They thrive on order and live to serve others by performing good works. Um, Performing good works. Yeah. And... um, other creatures have come to believe that gnomes draw magical power from their their hats, but this is not so. However, they do gain a remarkable sense of security and confidence from their hats, and without it, the effect is noticeable. <laughs> if, <laughs> if a gnome is ever to well, lose... You seem a little down in the dumps today, Travis, is I all lost I'm my hat. Um, I just don't feel like I look as good. <laughs> I just don't feel like myself, you know? I just feel weird. I feel like I've been being weird all day. I feel like people are treating me weird. I just... I don't know. I'm just not having a good day. You know? I if wish an, I had my hat. It's actually worse than that. I just realized. Oh. If a gnome is ever to lose his hat, it's like losing a loved one. The gnome will try his hardest to find or retrieve the hat wherever it was lost. In some rare cases, gnomes are so deeply affected by the loss of a hat that, that the event casts a pallor on the rest of their days. But in all cases, the loss of a hat is a sign that a gnome must, re, re, must reevaluate his life and choose another color that best represents his current standing. So... Oh, wow. So he has to pick a hat that means like you're down in the dumps 
like you're a piece of crap. <laughs> well, because if they could, feel if, they, if you're if you're revaluing your life, they go either way. It could be that you feel like crap, or it could be like you know what? I got to pick myself up by my tiny bootstraps. Yeah, you know I'm what? Do this, and they pick whatever color is like powerful and rising back up to them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a new person. Yeah, look, I lost my hat, but I'm still a gnome. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna rally. Yeah, I'm exactly. gonna be all right. So it could be belying that. So I guess so. The gnome hats are kind of like the gay hanky system from the '80s. I was yes, I was gonna say it's that. It's great. Yeah, like Bruce Springsteen has a, a red hanky. Yeah, hanging out of his uh, the pocket of his tushy. Yeah, that's right. And it means something. Just like when the Bruce gnomes Springsteen, are like, are you just using that as an example of yellow the, hat? <laughs> so you're into water play? Um, <laughs> yeah, I like to play in the water. <laughs> <Yeah. For laughs> want go down to the creek? For gnomes, that's probably just really like, like pure and innocent fun. Of course I like to play in the water. <laughs> Who doesn't? We have a creek right here. It's incredibly refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um... Okay, so <laughs> that brings me. It sounds like Indiana Jones, where he's always almost losing his hat. Oh yeah, he just stops everything to get, like risks life and limb. <laughs> you know. Well, I guess it's probably a thing because they run so fast. Your hat could fly right off. Yeah, you're right. You know. Yeah, you got to be careful. So let me now tell you. About a very, very scary gnome and his hat. Yes, please. Because they're usually nice. And his hat. But some of them are mean. Okay. Now, this this is kind of like, it's a creature. It came up in my studies of gnomes. But as I got further into it, I realized that it's a little bit more classified as a goblin. But okay. he came up in my gnome research. Part of the gnome world. He's part of gnome lore, I sure. think. Well, it's, like, it's not even a he. It's, like, it's a class of creatures known as redcaps. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, isn't that from it's Harry Potter? It's in Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. yeah. Which okay. I didn't remember, but I found it in this. Yeah, they're mentioned along with Hinky Punks. Oh, really? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, Redcaps and Hinky Punks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, so they're malevolent, murderous creatures oh. who live in old, crumbling Scottish castles. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. So especially castles that were once places of like murder and tyranny and greed and like bad places basically oh, they like smell the blood and yes. then they move in yes exactly wow so they look freaky deaky they have like claws of like mean little old men apparently like grizzled little old men okay. with like scary teeth they have talons on their feet and then like long fingers with claws they wear iron boots so, it, like, from the knee down, it's these iron boots that are either in guar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, and what? And so they're also known as red combs or bloody caps. Huh. So if people come to, like, check out the grounds of the castles that they inhabit, they kill them. They throw rocks and boulders and stuff at them so that they die. Wow. And then they dip their little gnome hat into the blood. Oh, and that's why they're red caps, and that's why the blood, uh, why their hat is red. Oh my gosh! And they have to keep doing that. If their hat dries out, they die. Oh, yeah, that is so cool. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm just making. I'm just scaling to make sure I didn't miss anything about them. That's cool. That's... Oh, they they carry a, a pike staff in their left hand all the time. 
Um, oh, they can be driven away if you yell scripture words at them or hold up a cross. Wow. Which is very vampire-y. And also, it, um, I read something somewhere else that said, like, besides just killing them and dipping their hat in the blood, that they, like, drink their blood. Oh. They're even, like, some instances of, like, cannibalism. But that seems, like, less a part of the lore. Like, maybe that's, like, a more, like, fringy part. The main yeah. thing I saw was that they kill people and dip their hat in the blood. That's such a cool, crazy idea. I know. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So J.K. Rowling put that in Harry Potter? Yes. So Professor Lupin was going to have them study these little creatures yeah, they, that need to murder regularly yeah. so they can keep their hats glistening wet with blood of recent victims. It says that um, it's they're mentioned as goblin-like creatures that lurk in places where blood has been shed. Oh, so I even got... Wow. Yeah. We're tapping into yeah. the collective unconscious of the world. Yeah. Because when you said they live in Scottish castles mm. where bad things happen, I said they smell the blood and they move in. Yeah. And you just confirmed it there. I thought that you were being serious. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen. Yeah. There was also we're something We're mining I wish... data yeah. from the world right now. We're yeah. riding this sort of like psychic wave. We're in flow. This is amazing. I know. It's sweet. Um, there was something, too, that I saw that um, said that at some of these castles that there was this practice of kind of like – I can't remember what it was called. Some annoyed myself. But like doing like a blood sacrifice, like killing somebody and burying them under the foundation or at the foundation of what you're about to build oh. to kind of like give a gift to the land. Cool. So, yeah, I know. So, um, oh. Wow. So, yeah. So some of those castles may have had like a body under wow. them. Yeah. Sweet. That's wild. So – now swinging back to the other side of gnomes. Are we getting back to plop? Kabooter plop. <laughs> yes. So some gnomes are evil. Some gnomes are nice. Some are just nice. Yeah, tell me a sweet story about kabooter plop. Okay. Kabooter plop. <laughs> kabooter plop. Yeah. All right. Also, let me tell you how I'm I how so I chose excited. to do this. I didn't just decide to do elves today. No, I was like, or I mean, gnomes. I was like, okay, so what what should I do today? And I was I went to like the Wikipedia entry for like legendary creatures. So I watched or five episodes of Kabooter Plop on Netflix, trying to think <laughs> about it, and then I realized it was right in front of my face. And I thought, and I thought. So there I am, binge watching Kabooter Plop <laughs> yeah. on Crackle. <laughs> So I went to the Wikipedia entry for legendary creatures or something, and it, you can list, you can go through and look A to Z. Yeah. So I was like, All right, I'm just going to like flick and land my finger on a letter, and then I'll see if anything captures my fancy. And I hit K, and then I hit Kabooter, and I was like, what is that? And it said that it was like a gnome elf, dwarf kind of like in that family. It's the Dutch word for it. And I was like, oh, all right. Interesting. I could do gnomes. And then it was like, there's a popular character called Kabooter Plop. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing gnomes. That's the end of that. Guaranteed. That's yep. like how people go on vacation. They spin a globe and yeah. then stop it at a certain point. That's exactly what yeah, it was. Cool. So Kabooter Plop, which means plop the gnome, is a children's television show in uh, – Deutschland? What is that? Deutschland. <laughs> <laughs> when you're Dutch, where do you live? Uh, Holland? Yes, Holland. Okay. So listen to this. All right. The show sounds wild. I can't wait. I'm going to get it on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see the special features. Okay. Most episodes last about five minutes and are set, and are set in Plop's Milk Inn. 
Ugh. which is a toadstool in which he sells plop milk and plop cookies. <laughs> Or in Gnome Forest. Yeah. The stories often involve pranks by naughty uh, by naughty Kabooter Kluse, Chore. So that's his name, I guess. Kabooter Kluse. Yeah. Each episode starts with Plop lying in bed and reviewing what happened that past day. At the end of the episode, he goes to Gnome Dreamland. Most episodes contain a moral. Wow. Um, the YouTube user created... Wait, what does this have to do with this? Okay. Created a Sora. We have to cut this. A Sora Mimi. What the hell is this? And I clicked on that, and that means a mishearing, feigned deference, or feigned deafness. Sorry, guys. So it's a term for homophonic homophonic translation of song lyrics that is interpreting lyrics in one language as similar sounding lyrics in another language. So okay, it's confusing. So he created. A one of those things of an episode or a song from Kabooter Plop, which he called But Sit and Fart in the Duck. What? I don't know. Anyway. Why did he, he added that to Wikipedia himself. Yeah. That YouTube user. He must have. Sorry, guys. What that was really that? confusing. That was weird. Uh, yeah. So it's, That was like your brain got hijacked. Yeah, you know that how, like hard. there are like stories about people like pirating like uh, TV stations, yeah. and all of a sudden there's just like a face that floats in from somebody's like home studio. Yeah, it was like you just got like or like when the Toynbee Tiles guy took over the news station for a minute. I don't know about that. You know what? I'm going to say it right here, right now. Yeah. Next week, I'm doing Toynbee Tiles. I can't wait. All right. So this is now the second time that William knows what I did, and you guys know too. I'm because I've referenced the Twenty Twiles tiles twice now. Yeah. And I think that I need to get everybody on the level. Okay. I want to know all about it. I know okay. that you're the person to turn to. Yes. Okay. I love the Twenty Tiles. Okay. So, um, but yes, that is like what just yeah, happened. You just got hijacked got by hijacked. this YouTube user. To spread his whatever the hell that was. I should have was. just not even said anything. <laughs> but anyway, Kabooter Plop seems like it basically is taking off of um, the Seven Dwarfs a little bit. The characters in Kabooter Plop are Plop, of course. Of course, Plop. Um, there, plop. There's one named Louie or something, Lazy, Cluse, who's Chore, Quebble, Chatter, and Yum, who's obsessed by food and eats a lot, and Small, Slim, who's the prettiest gnome. <laughs> I hope it still is like one of those elderly men with a beard. And they're just like, well, you're the prettiest one. You're the prettiest one, Slim. <laughs> and um, Kabooter plot. So, and then I'll end with this. So a little bit more about Kabooters in Dutch in particular, because I thought that they're, a little bit of their uh, story is interesting, is that there is um, a theory that their appearance, little red pointy hats running through the forest, can be attributed to hallucinations from eating mushrooms. Oh, and in the legend of the wooden shoes, an old Dutch folktale, a kabooter teaches a Dutch man how to make wooden shoes. Oh, well, isn't that is that maybe the story about like the the shoemaker who is like having a hard time getting done with his work, and he wakes up in the morning and a pair of shoes are done. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Yes, and so there are these little gnomes that are doing his work in the night. That's right. Oh duh. Yeah. Yes, it is that. Yeah. And then also, um, the travelocity gnome, which I would say is one of the best known. Uh, yeah, gnomes probably true. is a takeoff of specifically a kabooter. Really? Yeah. They have a specific look to them and the Travelocity gnome is a kabooter. Gnome. Wow. Yep. So it's the Travelocity kabooter. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Wow. So you can scoot your kaboot 
wherever in the world you want to go to. Maybe Deutschland. That's right. Go to Travelocity.com. Mm-hmm. Use promo code PLOP. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it will work. See if it works. <laughs> Maybe if it, it does, work. let us know. If it works, take a sweet vacation. Yeah. Come visit us. Yeah, come on. You know, we just had somebody sit sort of in between us on the YouTube video. And we're like, so it turned out that plop worked. So this is Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hey, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Great. This is has been wonderful. I agree. I got to tell was you. great. I loved it. This is reinforcing like the idea of us even doing this podcast, I think. Yep. I feel so wildly positive. Me too. I can't even tell you. This has been a complete treat for the me. The universe is obviously in cahoots with the kaboot. The, yeah, you're right. The universe and is us. being good to us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you all so much yeah. for joining us for another episode of Guide to the Unknown. Yep. Once again, mm-hmm. the one thing that we want to uh, to let you all know about this week yep. is the Guide to the Unknown Patreon page. Yeah. Download the Patreon app, mm-hmm. look us up, or go to patreon.com slash gttupod yep. if you'd like to donate monthly and uh, help us run this show. Yeah, be great. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate that. Yeah. That's all we ask from you this week. That's right. Uh, once again, this has been the greatest show. <laughs> on Earth. On Earth. <laughs> Uh, all right. If you want to talk to us, you can obviously do so online. Yep. We're at GTTU Pod mm-hmm. all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. You can also talk to us individually. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Haunted Sponge. We will be back in one week. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the Toynbee tiles. Yep. And something else. Something else. We'll see. <laughs> but until that time comes, we must travel. Yes. Back to the netherworld go we. <laughs> I feel great. I gotta tell you, I was all anxious before this. Why? I don't Just like life. fighting with yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I really, I felt like nauseous after yeah. arguing with that lady. I know, and I, I feel like so positive good. and good right now. Good. Me this too. This has been wonderful. Me too. I was looking forward to this all day. I'm very happy about this. Me too. Yeah. Cool. Good show. Yeah.